Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in 6 months of Paramount Plus Essential plan on us. mintmobile.com/switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month, unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month, face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get 6 months of Paramount Plus Essential plan. Auto renews after 6 months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. Hi, and welcome once again to History Dweebs. My name is Tim. Welcome to the podcast where we take a lighthearted look at the dark side of history. We are a, a podca- comedy podcast that focuses on true crime and history, darker side of history. And we, at times, Brandy, will use foul language. Yes, you do. No, I say we as plural, I'm meaning us. Oh. And... Um, Should that not be your thing, then we would suggest you check out one of the other fine podcasters out there, our friends from Insight. Uh, we have our friends from They Walk Among Us. So a lot of good podcasts out there, Canadian true crime podcasts. So check those out if, um, you know, if our language offends you, uh, because those are uh, safe for work podcasts. And Brandy, you would have to describe us as not safe for work. I would. Yes. Depending on where you work. Sure. If you worked in a brothel, it would be fine. I don't know. You think? Um, you think it would be like, would be, it would be questionable even for a brothel? I think so. Okay. Sometimes. But Chuck's not here, so yeah, maybe be, not. Maybe not. Because you and I can kind of, you know. We can hold it together. Yes. Topic of our podcast today, Brandy, is Broken Dreams, the death of Barbara Payton. Sounds like the story of my life, actually. <laughs> It's a rags to riches to rags no, story, well. Brandy. So I have part of that. <laughs> to rags, to rags. Yeah. Okay. Um, so let me introduce uh, my co-host, the very lovely and talented, Her Majesty, Brandy the Benevolent, Queen Brandy the First. How are you today, Brandy? I'm all right, Timmy. How are you? Well, I'm fine. Uh, we're still missing the Colonel, who is... Uh, He's in Canada. He is in, uh, he is in, the, in the Great White North. So, for any of our Canadian listeners, if you want to keep him. We are sorry. Him, <laughs> yeah. I'm know. hoping he can't get back through immigration, actually. I'm hoping that he'll That'd be stopped be at the border. Yeah. Now, now is the time to build the wall. Now's the time. Yes. Yes. Uh, but uh, the colonel is in Canada on vacation. We hope he's having a good time. He's uh, not. <laughs> he is the only, I was just, we were just talking about this off the air, the only person I know who is miserable on vacation. He's not a fan of different. <laughs> he's not a fan of change. Not a fan at all. Yeah. Uh, it was a miracle we got him to go to Indianapolis. You know, I, gonna, he's going to be know. kicking and screaming to Nashville. I don't know. He seems okay with it. All right. We'll see. But um, for those of you who are listening, we have a um, meetup coming up in October. Mm -hmm. you know the dates of that, Randy? It's the second weekend of October. Yeah, it's like know. the 14th yeah, or like 9th. 13th through the 15th something. or something like know. that. 
Um, but we'll get you some more. We should get that down yeah. before we yeah. mention it. Well, we're still in the process of planning, but the dates are solid. Uh, so we're looking forward to folks coming to Cincinnati for the meetup, and uh, we're going to try to do some live shows and meet everyone, hang out, and uh, we hope that you will join us. So just stay tuned. We'll be um, giving further information as it becomes available. Um, before we get into the uh, death of Barbara Payton, Barbara Payton, by the way, was a actress who um, lived a, you know, as I mentioned, a rags to riches to rags kind of life. We're going to talk about her rise to fame, Brandy, and, and then her tragic decline. Excellent. Yes. Uh, but before we do, uh, Brandy, you got some um, Patreon shout-outs for us. And we appreciate all of you who support us on Patreon. If you would like to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash historydweebs where you can give uh, give a little and you can give a lot. Or as a colonel likes to say, just a wee bit. Yeah, a we, bit. we appreciate all your generous donations. And if you can't uh, afford to give, that's okay too. Just um, We just ask you to continue to listen because we love all of you just the same. Yes. Um, well, that's not true, but okay. <laughs> well, we don't love all of you, but we love most of you. All Just right. The same. Yeah. So let's start with Daniel and Kimberly Bassett, Jen Moyer, David Hill, Tommy Lane, Jason Dykes, Shelly Garrett, Bridget Clavey, Brandy McBride, Maggie Glover, Lorna Violet, Andrea O'Dell. Um, By the way, we're talking about Andrea O'Dell. Her mother just had a birthday. And I want to see if I can pronounce her name right. Don Motsky. And she, uh, Andrea posted a photo of her and her mom. Her mom just had her 65th birthday. So happy birthday, Don. And I swear to God, she looks like she's in her early 40s. Yeah, she looks good. Amazing. So happy birthday, Don. Happy belated, belated birthday. Also, happy belated birthday to Jessica Bishop. I think um, she just had a birthday this week. So I'm, I'm sorry, Brandy, continue. That's all right. Jane Lynn. Uh, Jim Seabright, Michael Deo, Russ Charlotte, hmm. Karen Widner, Callie Jones, Joseph Kerr, Lauren Meredith, Jessica Greeno, Mike Brown, Sarah Bloom, Amber Croup, Joe Hopkins, Beck, Becky Omelette. Gosh. <laughs> That's the colonel there. Kara Alden, Cheryl Pierce, Caitlin Campbell, Fiona Crisp, Laura O'Reilly, Christine Bourgeois. Donna Curran, Maja, Aaron, Kimberly Cambron, Elise Edrington, who had just that gorgeous little baby. Beautiful, a beautiful little boy, and congratulations again, Elise. Mm -hmm. Diane Student, History Goes Bump. Great podcast, yes, great podcast. Amber Trevino, Annette Petray, Lise, Leslie Hagar, Amber Scoville, Jahara, uh, Alicia, and Chip. Um, Jeff and Don Chestnut, Andrew Happ, Karen Barnes, Rachel Flynn, Holly Woodward, Woodard, sorry, Shirley Strap, Todd Long, Lydia Fisher, Tyrone, Phyllis Munson, Sarah Morgan, Melissa Montoya, uh, Brittany Martin, Jennifer Seaman, Cindy Lou, Heather Poole, uh, Canadian True Crime, the people there. Great podcast. Definitely mm-hmm. check it out. Uh, Charlie and Allie from the Insight Podcast. Our dear friends. And special shout out to Allie. She's having a rough week. We love you, Allie. Uh, Nene, Bridget Bernard, uh, the crew of They Walk Among Us. 
which is a fantastic podcast. And I just want to say, Rosanna, who you know works with Benjamin on that podcast, mm-hmm. her brother has a podcast called Squirm. Mm-hmm. Shit is funny, man. It is so fucking funny. So if you have a chance, subscribe to Squirm. It's it's hilarious. Uh, let's see, Stacy, Christine, Hauer, Cheryl, Weldon, and the world's most dangerous canine, Rudy. Yeah, I want. Did they take Rudy with them? I'm not sure. Probably. Yeah, I can't see Chuck going a week without Rudy. Well, right. Rudy is probably now wearing a little beret up there in Canada. Do they wear berets in Canada? French Canada. I don't did. think so. Maybe in Montreal. I th- I don't know. You I don't, don't think, think so? so? All right. Well, f- thank you all for supporting us on Patreon, and uh, it keeps the show going. We really appreciate it. And then I said, if you would like to contribute to the podcast, just go to patreon.com slash historytweeps. Okay, Brandy, uh, let's jump right into the story. Want to? Sure. Broken Dreams, The Death of Barbara Payton. Do you have like a dramatic title, Brandy? It's very dramatic. Yes. I'm on the edge of my seat. Good. Uh, well, don't fall. That would be tragic. Uh, Barbara Lee Payton. Well, she could have been a serial killer. She had a middle name. She did. Yeah. She was a, an American film actress, best known for her stormy social life, Brandy. As we all are. <laughs> And eventual uh, battles with uh, alcohol and drug addiction. So you can relate to that, I'm sure. Well, a little bit. Not that much, though. Okay. Barbara Payton was a B-movie actress. And her short life was subject of numerous books and documentaries, Brandy. Okay. Although she found fame, she struggled with addiction and unhealthy relationships. Uh, Well, I have unhealthy relationships, I can tell you that. (laughs) Yeah, I bet you do. (laughs) Mostly with the people in this room. (laughs) That would only be me. (laughs) Whatever. Read into that what you want. I don't like the... I don't like the... uh, the, um, Whatever. Uh, You don't know, do you? No. Okay. Although she was found... She found fame. I already said that, didn't I? Oh, yeah. Uh, she eventually ended up on the streets, Brandy. Yes. And she died at the very young age of 39. Yes. Tragic. This is going to be a tragic story. So I'm, I'm ready. This You need your uh, Kleenex for this one. Oh, goodness. Okay. So I know how sensitive you are. I'm so sensitive. You don't know me. <laughs> you don't even know me. Jeez. Brandy, she was born Barbara Lee Redfield. On November 16th, 19... <laughs> no, I don't know. That one called her Babs. You don't know that. Every barber is not a Babs. I may call her Babs. <laughs> no, you're not calling her Babs. I'll call would. her whatever the hell I want. <laughs> you will not call her Babs. You cannot tell me what to do. Her name was Barbara Lee Redfield when she was born. Big Red. Babs. Born on November 16th, Brandy, 1937. Just before Christmas. Right before Thanksgiving. Yes, and before Christmas. In Cloette, Minnesota. You ever been to Cloette, Minnesota? <laughs> hell no. Sounds colder than hell. <laughs> I bet it was. Sounds colder than shit. <laughs> I bet it is. I am against that. I wonder for, uh, You know, uh, Jennifer Burdick, I think, is from Minnesota. Jennifer, if you're listening you know where Cloette is, let us know. Jump, Come on our Facebook page. Kate lived in Missoula for a little while. Really? Mm-hmm. She well, loves I mean, it there. Well, she might know where it is. Minnesota people have accents. You ever notice that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why. See, I, I have a hard time when listening when people have accents. I'm, do you? Yeah. Do you? 
Why don't really... you tell me a little more about Babs? <laughs> okay. She was the daughter of Erwin Lee, also known as Flip Redfield. Flip, and, and who was his lovely bride? <laughs> well, let's, first of all, let's talk about the name Flip. Remember, do you remember Flip Wilson? I wonder yeah. if he's still alive. I don't know. He's a comedian, a black comedian back in the yeah. 60s. I know 70s. who he is. Yeah. I don't think he's still alive. No, I used to babysit for a kid that was nicknamed Flip. Uh-huh. Well, first of all, his nickname was Flip, and he had a brother, and his name was Carrington, which was a, <laughs> just a dumbass name. So I called him Paddington all the time because I got confused. But See, if your name is Carrington, you're going to grow up to wear an ascot. Well, this kid's name, this kid's nickname was Flip, and Flip was a prick. <laughs> Flip. Were, was this a wealthy family? Because they sound like they're no, Buffy and I Biff think type they of. Thought so. Oh, okay. They thought so. But, okay. but anyway, you was, was asking asshole. me about Flip's uh, lovely bride. Yes. Her name was Mabel Irene Tudal. That was her. Uh, Mabel, good old as, Mabel. Tudal was her maiden name. Good old Mabel. Mabel Irene. Uh, Flip Wilson's been dead since 98. <laughs> May you rest in peace. R.I.P. Flip. Thank you for your service. <laughs> was he in the military? I have no idea. <laughs> he probably was because he's probably in that World War II generation. Anyway, he used to say cross-dress. Maybe that got him out. Remember he used to? Yes. What was that? What was Vaguely. The, what was his catchphrase? I don't remember. Oh, my God. I never it's, watched that's the gonna show. Drive me. I knew who he was, but I never watched the show. Oh, it's going to drive me nuts now. Well, he had a catchphrase. Can we look that up, too? Please. All right, anyway, let me tell you about... Uh, tell me about Flip and Mabel. No, I'm going to tell you about Barbara. Babs. Uh, oh, they were uh, Flip and uh, Mabel. Mabel was the daughter of Norwegian immigrants. Oh. Oh. And so she was born in 1937, but her parents had a son named Frank in 1946. So Barbara had a younger brother. Okay. Geraldine Jones was... Yeah, that's, that was the, his female was his persona. Female persona. But what you see is what you yeah, get. Yeah, what you see is what you get. And the devil made me do yeah, it. Yeah, he, he, he coined those phrases. Flip yeah. Wilson. Good guy. Anyway, back to Barbara Payne. I didn't Payton. realize you knew Flip Wilson. I know. Oh, I know Flip Wilson. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know Flip Johnson. There's a difference. <laughs> All right, back to uh, uh, Barbara. Uh, at the time, Barbara's father worked in construction, Brandy. Okay. And by all accounts, the family lived a fairly normal working-class life. Remember, this is early 40s, right? In so, Minnesota. So it's like we're living the same life. Yes. In Minnesota. Yeah. Barbara's father was a hard-working but difficult man. Emotionally closed off. Slow-talking but quick-tempered, Brandy. So he's Chuck. <laughs> I didn't want to say that in his absence. but So he's Chuck. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. Hmm. Emotionally stunted, right? Yeah. M emotionally stunted. All right, our friend Chuck, who's up in Canada somewhere. Having a miserable time. Chasing beavers. Gross. <laughs> I doubt if he's doing that. Renee's with him. Barbara's father was a hard-working, difficult man, Brandy. They'll, they'll bite your nipple off. Beavers? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, they don't fuck around. No, they don't. They will bite a nipple clean off. I wonder how the vagina got the nickname beaver. Because it ate all the wood. Oh, that's a good point. Uh -huh. I always learn something when I. Thank I'm... you, Rachel. <laughs> is that, was that what Rachel's? It was one of Rachel's jokes. All right. Thank you, Rachel. Uh, in his interaction with his children, talking about uh, her father now, Flip. His interaction with his children, Brandy, was minimal. Minimal? Minimal. I see. 
Or do you think about that? That's not Chuck, because <laughs> Chuck is forever on the fucking phone texting or doing something with it. But parents. are you opposed to parents' uh, uh, interaction with their children being minimal? Well, it depends. If you're an asshole, then yeah. I mean, it should be minimal. <laughs> what about young Noah? Well, I'm sure Noah wishes that our <laughs> interaction was minimal, but no. All right. No, it is not. Uh, his child, uh, the child rearing responsibilities was left up to Mabel. Well, of course it was. Who occupied herself with homemaking duties and managing the family's difficulties. Now we get into kind of uh, Mabel the darkest put, side. Mabel of, was put upon. Uh, the darkest side, darker side of the family. Yep, the, out there on Front Street, all looks all nice. Pick white, pick well, it's everybody's Facebook life. It's <laughs> yeah. all perfect and pretty, and your yeah. kids are always put together. Yeah, I get yeah. it. I all get right. it. And then, what happens when you're not snapping pictures? Well, of both of here? Barbara's parents had long-standing problems with alcohol. There it is. They would often be both often be drunk by noon each day. I don't see a problem with that. <laughs> I'm not judging. I'm just stating facts. Well, you sounded a bit judgy. Besides her parents drinking, uh, Barbara and her younger brother Frank had a pretty average childhood. Um, several, several of her former neighbors uh, who knew Barbara recall a bright, outgoing, athletic little girl who seemed to, der to derive a great deal of enjoyment, Brandy, um, from many of the Minnesota's wintertime activities like ice skating, skiing, and sledding. All right. Okay. Okay. It was around 1947, Brandy, two years after the uh, World War II ended. The year of our Lord. Of our Lord. That the family moved to Odessa, Texas. Well, that's a little bit of a climate change there, don't you think? <laughs> Maybe that's why they moved. Colder than a witch's tit, the hotter than Satan's nuts. And you can't do a whole lot of ice fishing down there in Odessa. Well, you cannot. Anyway. Uh, her parents opened a small restaurant in town that did quite well, Brandy, because Odessa was a booming oil town at the time. Oh, what was the name of the restaurant? You know, I think I had it, but I, I didn't put it in the script. Was it a Howard Johnson's? No. Oh. It, it had a, like a some kind of diner, but I forgot to put it in the script because I didn't think it was fucking important. I'm just painting a picture, Tim. Reared as a ch church-growing Catholic, Brandy, in a conventional and typical small-town manner, one that practically demanded good behavior and domestic aptitude in all the female family members. Of course it did. In the 1950s, remember. You know, I 40s, remember. 50s, yeah, you know, I got now. it. All right. This is leave it to beaver time. I got it. She took an early interest in, uh, Barbara took an early interest in cooking, Brandy, yes. and became quite good at cooking in her preteen years. It was this skill that kept, she kept intact her entire life. You know what? I don't even let my kids near the stove. <laughs> I got a kid that's 18, and I don't let him close to the stove because he's an idiot, and he'll leave the stove well, on. Well, apparently Barbara's family trusted her. Plus, well, they were drunk by noon. Well, so. that's true. Somebody had to make dinner. <laughs> right. Uh, and they had a restaurant, so you know she she you know she probably become she was uh, she was familiar with the kitchen. One she uh, she would uh, later end up um, preparing good gourmet meals, not gourmet, as Chuck would probably pronounce it. Or you. Or me. For her various boyfriends, husbands, and uh, male companions. Yeah. She had quite, she grew up and she had quite, we'll get into this, but she had a lot of love affairs. 
As she reached her adolescence, Brandy. Is that another word for she was a bit slutty? <laughs> I'm not judging. Ah, as, as she reached her adolescence, Brandy, that's when she gets breast. Yeah. <laughs> she get, began to experience her powerful and seemingly effortless influence on the opposite sex. The boobs have that effect. <laughs> and they really do. Boobs are important. Uh, yeah. Years later, uh, years later, she would recall an incident that occurred when she was 11 or 12 when a famous actor appeared at a war bond rally near her hometown. Remember when, you know, during no, the I war? I do not remember. I know you don't remember, but during the Second World War, they was trying to sell war bonds, and these celebrities would go around and have rallies to people would come out to sell war I bonds. I heard tell of such activity. Okay, so a star truck, uh, starstruck. Uh, she wasn't stuck. A star struck oh, yeah. Barbara claimed she got to see a celebrity only after negotiating with an older boy to get into the auditorium, Brandy. She flashed him a booby. What he, celebrity no, was it? I don't know who it was, but she, he, the, little bo- the boy who was guarding the, uh, the door, he wanted to put his hand under her blouse and cop a fill, Brandy, ah. in exchange for a free ticket. But Barbara would not give him his way. Although she did allow him to rest her, his hand between her legs. Huh. <laughs> I, okay. <laughs> they negotiated. I see. Well, I, okay. Doesn't seem, doesn't seem like much of, she's not a very good negotiator. Anyway, she, but she got her way and she learned a valuable lesson. And it was to bargain for what you want, Brandy. Play the game, play it to win. Clearly. So let a as what I do. You know, you let somebody fill you up. You can, you know, you goes a long way in life. I don't want people touching my arm. <laughs> let let alone all that craziness for no reason. The teenager Barbara, teenage Barbara, soon evolved into a striking five foot four beauty, Brandy. With long legs like an antelope. Like an antelope. <laughs> what about a flamingo? I mean, if you're 5'4", how long can your legs be? I don't know. You know. But anyway, she had she was described as having legs like an antelope. Hmm. Uh, in contrast to her innate wholesomeness, Brandy, yeah. she picked up a brazen and tough-talking persona at some point along the way. And was easy, easily seduced by all the male attention she attracted at Odessa High School, or as we used to call it, OHS. Right. She later wrote, wrote that she lost her virginity, Barbara did, at age 15, Brandy. She lost it to a schoolmate's 45-year-old father who had sexual relations with her in a dry, dry bathtub in his home while the guest at his surprise birthday party celebrated downstairs. Really? <laughs> yeah, that's 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 rape. But it, you know, it, it is what it is. That's what she described. That's how she describes it. They're having a birthday party for this guy. You ever hear a story where the guy was, um, his f- secretary was flirting for it, with him, and she had, they went out to lunch, to celebrate his birthday, and then she suggested after lunch that they go back to her house. She's and, very pretty. 
Oh, Barbara, yes. Yeah. So they suggest she goes back to her, her house. So the guy thinks he's going to get lucky with his secretary. And um, they go out lunch, celebrate his birthday, go back to her house. And she says, uh, I'm going to just go in, in, the, in the other room and get comfortable. So you just relax. So he starts taking off his clothes, gets down to his boxers. And then it was a surprise party. And his family came in to surprise him. Nice. Yes. That happens, Brandy. I bet, like, I bet that didn't go over well. Well, it wasn't. He had egg on his face. Boy, he did, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway, back to Barbara. This is this is ridiculous. Back to Barbara. Yeah, she's very pretty. She's a beautiful woman. She was. Not at the end, not so much. Yeah. <laughs> None of us are at the not end. Not now. Usually most of us at the end, except, right. yeah. We're, we're not Very good. few exceptions, right? Uh, anyway. Uh, let's see. During her junior year in high school, Brandy. So this guy, I mean, no, you know, all joking aside, this guy, 45-year-old man, raped her. Essentially, she was only 15 at the time. Yeah, gross. During her journey, uh, junior year at Odessa High School, Barbara, elo- then 16, eloped with a local boy, Brandy, William Hodge. Ugh. But her par- parents quickly annulled the marriage. Yeah. The following year, 1954, Barbara wore a low-cut dress to a dance at a military base and attracted the attention of a handsome 22-year-old Air Force captain by the name of John Payton. You can probably see where this is going since her name is Barbara Payton. Sure. All right. They were married in Monroe, Louisiana, two weeks later. Oh. They would soon, the young couple, she was 16, he was 22. They would soon move to California, Brandy. Oh, God. I know. They were married within, you know, I said two weeks. Um, But Barbara had a dream, Brandy. She had a dream to be a movie star. She had that dream since she was a child. So she convinced her new, you know, her newly wedded husband, John, to take her to Hollywood for their honeymoon. Uh, enraptured as he was with his sultry young bride. You like that? You like that? Uh, man, I can't do that. Clara does that with her R's, and it drives me nuts because I can't do it. Peyton agreed. He agreed to take her to um, California. When in Hollywood, she soaked up the town's glamorous aviance, Brandy. Aviance? Yes. Okay. Uh, she decided this was the place for her. And amazingly enough, she made contacts during her initial stay there to obtain a screen test with RKO Studios. Okay. Not Records, Studios. Yes. Uh, It didn't lead to much at first, but Barbara got her foot in the door. But then you know what happened, Brandy? Tell me. In 1946, Barbara became pregnant. Oh, that'll screw up your movie career. The couple moved back to Texas, back to Odessa, so Barbara's mother could help her through the pregnancy. Did your mom help you through your pregnancy? Sure. Okay. That's a motherly thing to do. No. I mean, there wasn't really a whole lot for her to do. No. She was there for you. Sure. Yeah. So so was uh, Mabel. She Mabel's a good woman. Yeah. Maybe if you live with But Flip. she's only good until noon. Yeah, until she passes out. Yeah. She's good until noon. After that, eh. So you really need to go in labor, like, you know, yeah, oh yeah, early I mean, in the day. If you need something, it needs to be at 8 a.m. or you're <laughs> fucked. Flip's no help either. 
Flip's passed out on the sofa by that time. Flip's in the yard. Pissing his pants. Yeah. Yeah. Flip's, yeah. Anyway, so back home in Texas on March 14th, 1947, Brandy, Barbara gave birth to what would be her only child, a son that she named John Lee. All right, so she's married to uh, John Payton. She's got a son, John Jr., and they're back in Odessa, okay? J.J. Yeah, well, J.J., Johnny. Babs and J.J. Yeah, she named him Lee using her middle name. Right. Yeah, see the whole connection? Life is a really just a circle, circle of life. It's amazing. Yeah. Shortly after giving birth to uh, John, John Lee, Barbara ditched her husband, Brandy. Sure. <laughs> Left her baby with her parents. Yep. And with a single suitcase, headed back to Hollywood. She's going to go get her dream on. Wasn't that like, what was that Poison song where, you know, the... Oh, Fallen Angel. Yeah, Fallen yeah. Angel. I love that video. I love That's, that song. It's a shame that I knew that right <laughs> out of the fucking gate. You know who likes Poison? Rachel. She I likes love poison. poison. Yeah, I do too. I like that. I like Poison. I especially like that song. I'm going to listen to it later. I'm going to I'm gonna download that on iTunes. You should absolutely jam out to that on the bus. Like Poison. All right, so she got a job at a car hop, Brandy. Oh, oh as a car hop. She wear roller skates? Yes. At Stan's Drive-In on the corner of Sunset Boulevard and Highland Avenue in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. She used her tips to gain entry into the... She used the her what? Tips. Oh, tips. Yeah. Well, probably tits as well. My bad. But she used her tips to gain entry into the town's glamour, glamorous nightclub scene, Brandy. Or she hoped to make contacts. All right. With her sweet but sexy look and her great sense of humor, she quickly, Brandy, became a figure at the Such Plus Sunset Strip hotspots. I've been to Sunset Strip, by the way, and it, I didn't think it was all that, but, yeah, that's me. But anyway, she was dubbed by a local newspaper columnist after a while for her clubbing. You know, it was like, she was like a club kid. Oh, okay. She was... Dubbed the queen of the nightclubs by a local newspaper, Brandy. Yes. Well. I don't know why newspapers would be. Would they, why would they care? <laughs> I know, but I guess you know, it was probably in slow's new, uh, slow news day. But anyway. It would have had to have been. Though untrained in acting, Brandy. Never bar- stopped anyone else. <laughs> it's like podcasting. Right. <laughs> you can give any old dickhead a fucking <laughs> mic and a computer and they can make this shit. We're examples of that. Oh, God. And you know who is an example of that? Uh, Chuck? Yes. Yeah. Though untrained in acting, Brandy, Barbara nabbed a starlet's contract with Universal Studios in late 1948, and she was able to obtain a few bit parts. But the studio dropped her the following summer after word got around that she was having an affair with a married man named... Hit me. Bob Hope. She was banging Bob Hope. First of all, who who in her right mind would be banging Bob Hope? Evidently she would. I I mean, does he do it for you? Uh, No. (laughs) No, I mean, he's got a big nose. He does, and a lot of money. Yeah, I think that was probably in the connections. Yeah. Absolutely. She met Bob Hope in March 1949 at a hotel party in Houston, Becoming something of a Hope groupie. I didn't know Hope had groupies. Evidently he did. But, uh, but she became something of a, a Hope groupie by following him around the country for several weeks when he made personal appearances. So 
He's got his own little groupies following him around. I'm hoping to have groupies someday. Someday. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I can't I even get know. no one on Team Timmy. What? Well, you have plenty of people on Team no, Timmy. No, I've got the, you know, Elise, my... and she just does it because she feels bad for But me. here's my question for you. If yeah. you have groupies, yeah. what are you going to do? Well, we just get together in groups. Oh. And, okay. And talk. Oh. But I don't think that, I think they were, her and Bob Hope were doing more than talking. No, she they were w- doing it. Yes. The beast with two she was She was getting a uh, little hope. <laughs> he was burying hope. Yes. I, they were doing the beast with two bags. <laughs> bumping uglies. Yeah. They, I'm, I don't feel good about this conversation anymore, so I'm going to stop. I mean, can you imagine having Bob Hope on top of you? Dude, that's like that's like if somebody's banging Vincent Price. Ah, oh, no. And, well, there is some rumors of her Lon Chaney a little bit later oh, on. Oh no. Remember Bob Hope when he was like 112? I mean, he lived to be like forever. I don't know yeah. how he. But he, he was like he was sort of like Dick Clark at the end. He was on he was he would on yeah, they, shows there where was nothing you could do, nothing you'd understand. They'd wheel him out, wheel him back. And he had, he had suspenders on. I swear to God, his waist, his uh, belt line would be like up to his titties. Well, clearly. <laughs> well, who was it? Was it Monica that said his um, his gravestone was just obnoxious? Oh yeah, like yeah, yeah. So it was. Yeah, it was yeah. Just, Monica who she you guys think, yeah, graves. It's a, a yeah. She, it's a, a fascinating uh, uh, hobby, and she was she was telling us at CrimeCon that she's. Seem a lot of famous, and she said, you know, like Frank Sinatra's was like very plain. Uh, pl- well, it was very nice, and yeah. it was, you know, it wasn't uh, very, you know, over the top. But she said Bob Hope's was real. It was gaudy, and I think they charged you to see it. Yeah, yeah, no. it was real gaudy, but, you know. But anyway, Barbara Payton was banging the Hope Hope man. Who was he married to at the time? Do we? Know? I don't, I don't know. I think he was married to the same woman for a lot of years, but I don't know how many marriages he had. I seen him. He was making movies like I know he made the, the big broadcast in 1938. So he, I don't know how long. I don't know. He's, I think he was born in England and maybe, but grew up in Cleveland. I think Karen Karen would bar That is, you know, it's like they're almost the same place. <laughs> yeah. I think that's true. Karen would probably know. Karen Barnes would probably know. Anyway, she, uh, her and Hope had this fling. He put her up in an apartment in Hollywood, a little love nest, Brandy, if you will. Uh, and he purchased all the necessary furnishings. That's nice. Yeah, probably get, went to Ikea. Well, yeah. It's the, I mean, that's... Really, got her a futon. That's the best value. <laughs> Absolutely. He might have got her a futon, or at least a beanbag chair. <laughs> I think they had lava lamps back then. Oh, they had, they had lava lamps. The couple's sexual fling, however, Brandy, would last only six months. Oh. And Jump, then, and jumped the gun a little bit, <laughs> buying her shit. Go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, and then abruptly when uh, Barbara Payton began pressuring Bob Hope for large amounts of money to cover her living expenses, so you can't put the, you Seriously. can't you can't put the pressure on Bob Hope. He ain't going. He don't Bob he Hope don't play. For it. He don't play. He's not standing for it. So anyway, his advisors, Hope's advisors. I need advisors too, man. I need fucking groupies. I need an advisors. I need a life coach. Anyway. You need far too much. Hope's advisors reportedly paid Barbara off with a handsome sum, Brandy. Well, good. With the stipulation that she keep quiet and disappear. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
I've been in that spot before. Barbara Payton uh, happily bowed out and went on uh, and went through all the cash in a matter of months. Brandy, see that's the thing. You don't you know you always want an annuity, Brandy. Don't follow for that one lump sum. You know Bob Hope comes up. If you're banging Bob Hope, he offers you a one lump sum. Don't take it. Take the annuity because over time it's going to be worth more to you. Well, clearly he was married to Dolores Hope. Yeah. Forever since 1934. Well, he was banging Barbara on the side, apparently. Well, he was married to a lady named Grace Louise Troxel. Mm-hmm. I uh, married her in 1934, and they or 33, and they divorced in 34. Yeah. And then he married Dolores Hope in 1934, and then they well, were. Well, I'm just saying this happened 1949. So. Well, so he was married to Dolores, which. Yeah. That's so shit. Bob Hope was, whoring around basically. Yeah. So where where was he born? He was born in uh, Kent, England. Okay. Uh, Eltham, uh-huh. Eltham, Kent, England. Okay. Uh, and then he died in Toluca Lake, California. Did, what about Cleveland? Anything about Cleveland? There's nothing here about Cleveland. Nothing growing up in Cleveland? I have not Cleveland? read the entire article. I think he grew up in Cleveland. Oh, uh, wait a minute. At the age four, hmm. they moved to Cleveland. All right. So, as always, I'm right. That's, that's the only point I wanted to make. Oh, well, I, don't, I wasn't he arguing to, with you. But he used okay. to own part of the Cleveland Indians, I think. Uh, he owned a small stake in his hometown baseball team, the Cleveland Indians. Damn, man. It's, I'm wiki, a wiki Timmy. I'm wiki Timmy. Are you? Yes. <laughs> You're Timmypedia. <laughs> Timmypedia. Absolutely. That's right. All right. Anyway, enough of this nonsense, Brandy. Back to the story. So uh, Barbara went back to partying on Sunset Strip after her uh, liaison. With uh, Bob Hope. Babs turned the page. She turned the page, went to back on Sunset Strip, where she fo- she was fo- photographed over the next several months dining with billionaire Howard Hughes. Wow. And she, he is more than a little nuts. Yeah, yeah. He's a little, he was a little OCD. You know what, though? He had enough money. He was eccentric. Yeah, he was. I'm, I don't have enough money to be eccentric. No, you don't. I'm You're just, just crazy. Yeah. Anyway, she also uh, had a fling with movie tough guy John Ireland and mobster Mickey Cohen. Huh. And uh, so she was, you know, she was hanging out with the big shots. Spreading her seed. (laughs) Well, she was accepting the seeds of others. She's a little bit of a whore. (laughs) Let's, Let's don't judge her. Barbara Payton was moving fast, Brandy, as she managed a brief affair with actor George Raft. You've heard of him. I have not. George Raft, he was a famous actor. Well, now I'm going to have to look him up. Okay. And even after a, uh, she also had a, an engage, engagement to a high-powered in, entertainment lawyer named Greg Baltzer. See, that would have been the guy to get. Yeah. Behind the scenes kind of guy. Well, right. The little girl from Minnesota, Brandy, was now living in the Hollywood fast lane. In addition to the rich and famous Barbara became acquainted with gangsters and drug dealers, Brandy. Gangsta. At 22, she got her first starring role as a doomed nightclub cigarette girl. They don't have cigarette girls anymore. That's what we need. That's ne- You know, you want to bring back the jobs. I agree. You know, don't worry about the coal mines. Bring back the cigarette girls. Cigarette, souvenirs, you know, yeah. walk around with that little, you know, thing wrapped around them and selling cigarettes. That was hot. Well, they have those now. They're just called shot girls. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right. That's true. But, uh, yeah, yeah. I miss the, miss the cigarette girls. Yeah. 
You know what I miss? Do you? No. But you know what? It used to be you go someplace, you go to someplace touristy. Mm-hmm. They would take your picture and they put it in a little plastic thing. Viewer. Oh, they, yeah. Well, yeah, like I like Kings that. Island used to do that. Yeah. yeah. But now with the cell phones, people don't do that anymore. They do it at, I don't think they put it in the little thing. I think you get a regular size picture because I know they do it at the aquarium. I want it in the little viewer. Well, the viewer was the I had a master viewer when I, I had a master viewer when I was a kid. Oh, we've got one at my house now. They're cool as hell. Yeah, they are. Yeah. All right. Anyway, back to back to the story, Brandy. Don't get me sidetracked. Okay. Anyway, she started in this movie as a doomed cigarette girl and received fairly well reviewed. It was well reviewed. She was uh, also starred in a movie called Trapped with Lloyd Bridges. You've heard of Lloyd Bridges. I know who Lloyd Bridges is. Yeah, well. Did she screw him too? <laughs> it is rumored that she had an affair with Lloyd Bridges at the time of He's the old. Well, it, this was, you know. Is he dead now? I don't know. You would have to look that up. God damn it. Um, anyway, so she also had, while having an affair with Lloyd Bridges... On the set of Trapped, she found a new boyfriend who was a movie extra, and he was also a part-time drug dealer named Don Cougar. No, too low. She should she should not have gone for him. Well, Don Cougar was a bad influence. He actually beat up her elderly landlady at Don 3 a.m. Don Mellencamp? No. Oh, he <laughs> died in 98. Damn it. What, who? Lloyd Bridges. Yeah, well, she apparently she had this fling with him, and... Don, she also had a fling with this uh, ex-movie extra named Don Cougar, who was a part-time... Don Cougar Mellencamp. <laughs> drug dealer. And part-time drug dealer, full-time extra? <laughs> I guess. Seems backwards. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what constitutes part-time. <laughs> full, do you have to have 40 hours a week to be full-time? Or is that know. 30 hours when the health care, health insurance kicks in? It I seems mean, to me like drug dealer is a 24-7 job. <laughs> I would think so, too. Anyway... So she's on this movie. She meets, she's banging Lloyd Bridges, and then she meets Don Cougar. Uh, and Cougar was a bad influence. He beat up her elderly landlady at 3 a.m. in a dispute over an amount of money that Barbara owed for rent. With his bullying ways, Brandy. Oh, jeez. And his uh, propensity for using strong-arm tactics, Cougar was just one of the many shady characters with whom an exciting excitement-craving Barbara Payton had gravita- gravitated to. Okay, so she's getting in with the wrong crowd, Brandy. Yeah. Now, you're banging Bob Hope. You're banging Lloyd Bridges. That's okay. But you start banging Don Cougar. I know. Who can't decide if he's going to go full or part-time with his drug dealing. This is just ridiculous. Uh, let's see. So they have a... He beats up her landlady. She... She testifies in his behalf, and the court doesn't believe her. There's a good life choice. <laughs> and he got sent to prison. Um, Let me guess, she didn't wait on him. <laughs> no, no, she turned the page rather quickly. There you go. Uh, he would later be found guilty of murder. Murder. Yeah. Uh, in a different incident, but not with Barbara, not involving Barbara. So who did, Bar- who did Babs move on to? Well, she was uh, quickly assigned to a contract with Nick Warner Nolte. Brothers. <laughs> Nick Nolte. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> Give us some time. We're still in the 50s here. She, Tom Bosley. <laughs> she's uh, <laughs> Tom Bosley. Mr. Cunningham. Well, he's the guy who played... Um, Mr. Cunningham. <laughs> no, he was the guy who played... Uh, um, Jackie Gleason. 
Who's the guy played Jeb from the Clampets? No, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't, I can't think of his name. I know exactly. He was that. He started in vaudeville and stuff. He was the old time actor. Yeah. Anyway, he was smart too, evidently. Uh, yeah, he had a good career. Barbara Payton. Anyway, she was signed in 1950. She was signed to Warner Brothers Studios at five thousand dollars a week. Son of a bitch. Yeah, that, she was a baller, man. That, that, was, is that was baller. It's baller now. <laughs> Especially in 1950, 60 Shit, years ago. Damn. Uh, and immediately, uh, she went, co-starred with James Cagney in a violent crime comedy called "Kiss Tomorrow Goodbye." A violent crime comedy. <laughs> Was she banging him too? <laughs> there were rumors that she. <laughs> Dude, old girl cannot keep her knee snapped together. There were rumors that her and James Cagney had an off uh, uh, off-screen affair. Good lord. Playing the good girl gone bad. She doesn't seem to be very picky either. <laughs> She's going to fuck Tom Bosley here shortly. She's going to fuck Mr. Cunningham. Please while look, he's look wearing, up Jed. Look up Uncle while Jed. While he's wearing his fez. Look up Uncle Jed. Jeb or whatever his was name is. Was it Uncle Jed or yeah. was it? Just Beverly Hillbillies. Or can... was it, no, or was it the cousin guy? No, he was a dancer and stuff. And Okay, hold on. Hold, please. Anyway, let me tell you about her. You're looking at it. She played a good girl gone bad, Brandy. Yeah. Uh, through her association with a sadistic gangster played by James Cagney. She ends up killing him in the end, by the way. His name is Buddy something. What's his Buddy name? Buddy Epson. Yes. Yeah. Very good. Uh, she doesn't bang Buddy Epson, but she should have. Um, anyway, this movie with James Cagney would be considered one of her finest screen performances, Brandy. Oh. Because she had so many. <laughs> <laughs> it would be hard to pick one. Uncle Jed, just for It's future... like choosing between Tom Hanks and Forrest Gump in Philadelphia. I'm telling you, it's, just, it's Sophie's choice. Let me tell you something, though. Uncle Jed is also a band at this I point. Did not, I did not know yes, that. Yes, they're on the iTunes. <laughs> right. We're just like... giving a little free promotion to Uncle Jed. <laughs> Plug in Uncle Jed. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Yeah. Please check them out. Check them out on the iTunes. <laughs> yeah. Barbara acquitted herself so well in the film 
This is the one with James. Acquitted herself? Yeah, whatever. I don't know what that means. (laughs) (laughs) The studio doubled her salary. God damn. (laughs) You know, I got some pretty spectacular titties myself. Maybe I need to head over there. Well, if you got to, you know, talk to Jack Warner. He's dead, but. Oh, he is deader than four o'clock. She must have been banging. I, I don't know if she banged him or not. I don't want to solly her your name. Yeah. <laughs> the studio doubled her weekly salary 10, to $10,000 a week and gave her a featured role in as the conniving, <laughs> the conniving prairie tramp <laughs> named Flo in the Gary Cooper Technicolor Western Dallas. First of all, it's a Western. Yeah. I don't know where that extra syllable came in. What about Same this conniving, conniving prairie <laughs> tramp? A prairie tramp? <laughs> Is she fucking Gary Cooper now, too? Please wait. I'm, let's wait. Be patient. Jesus Christ. During, Seriously. <laughs> during the filming, Barbara Payton. Uh, oh, uh, she also, the over the years, it was widely alleged that uh, during the filming of this movie that she had sexual, both uh, had sexual escapades with both Gary Cooper and Jack Klugman, <laughs> his co-star, Steve Cochran, during the making of the film. Jesus, she really can't. They must have a lot of downtime. During filming. She needs to learn to play solitaire or something. During Read filming. <laughs> <laughs> she was never. She was. Uh, she was never in her uh, trailer. During, <laughs> or she was always in her trailer. During filming, um, the st- uh, Cooper's co-star Steve Cochran, whoever that was, uh, used to go behind the western sets of the Warner Brothers back lot and grab a quickie, Brandy. Well, and who amongst us has not done that? And she and Gary Cooper. Had might what had what might be called a dressing room romance. Oh. So they're banging in the dressing no, I, room. I understood. Not I in the green it. room or whatever. The dressing room. Her reputation was um, solid. <laughs> her reputation was um, so solid that at the end of filming, somebody, uh, one of the members of the uh, you know the the workers there. Yeah. They raised her bloomers on the flagpole on the lot to signify the end of filming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Right. Were they clean bloomers? I don't know. I, I can't vouch for that. Well, I now did not can, sniff them. Now she can move on to, a, to another man. Barbara Payton followed her small but uh, important role in Dallas with the female lead, Brandy, and a Gregory, and Gregory Peck film. No, not Gregory Peck. <laughs> Only the valent. I love Gregory Peck. Once again, <laughs> Barbara reportedly had a sexual fling with her leading man during its production. Damn it. What does she just walk <laughs> around naked going, hello? You want some of this? I don't know, but man, I hope she comes to our next meetup. <laughs> Jeez. That, uh, Barbara, that's October 13th or 15th in Cincinnati. <laughs> Not Gregory Peck. Damn it. He's in a couple of my favorite movies. Damn it. Well, he was banging the barber. Well, now he's just (laughs) sullied. By this time... um, Boy, she's got some whore claws, doesn't she? (laughs) Sinks him in. By this time, Barbara was being taken around town by a new sugar daddy, Brandy. There you go, Babs. Who was that? Was that Nick Nolte? (laughs) No, this was the classy movie star, Franchot Tone. 
the classy movie star? I don't know who he, he is. He was distinguished and a wealthy man, 22 years her senior. That means he was older than she was. Yeah, I got He that. was the ex-husband of one Joan Crawford. Oh, so you know he was damaged. <laughs> you he, know that motherfucker was damaged as hell. Anyway, he met her in an, uh, he met Barbara in a nightclub on Sunset Strip. Began to uh, immediately woo her. Yeah, he's just happy nobody's throwing phones and shit at him, <laughs> beating him with clothes hangers. Or right. Uh, he lavished uh, Barbara with daily gifts of champagne, flowers, and expensive jewelry. And caviar dreams. I wonder if he got the jewelry on QVC or he HSN. Stole it from Joan. Yeah, well, maybe. Yeah. Babs, uh, and Babs but but she but but she returned a favor by c- cooking him gourmet meals. Remember, oh, I, I bet s- she returned a favor. I bet she did. <laughs> In other ways. Yeah. Yeah. They were soon engaged, Brandy. Of course they were. Her and Mr. Tone distinguished. He was a debonair actor. Mm-hmm. The debonair actor publicly announced plans to purchase a ranch for Barbara in Panoa, California. And with her, um, Brandy, her career on the rise, it was clear that the woman whom Warner Brothers Studio had recently named, this is what they called her, quote, the white diamond with blue eyes, unquote. It was clear that Barbara was sitting on top of the world, Brandy. Or on top of Gary (laughs) Cooper's face. (laughs) Or Tom Bosley. Or Tom Bosley's face with his little fez on from the Moose Lodge. God damn it. Happiness, Brandy, would be short-lasting, however. Well, it usually is. <laughs> when things were running too smoothly in uh, Barbara's life... She found she, a way to fuck it up. She had a tendency to undermine herself. Yes. This time she did so by sneaking around with a handsome man by the name of Guy Madison. Guy. He was a co-star in her latest film... Of course. <laughs> <laughs> the big-budgeted big Civil War drama, Drums in the Deep South, Brandy. <laughs> She's banging it. Right. Does she get the, you know, the grip? Do they have no any HR policies the, the at best all? boy? I mean, my God, there's a ton of people that work on those sets. Did she just, you know, did she just walk out of her trailer uh. and go, Hey, you. <laughs> I know you're the caterer. Why don't you come here for a minute? Best boy. Anyway, <laughs> the key grip, the guy who types in the credits at the end of the fucking film. I mean, Jesus. Anyway, she has an affair with uh, Guy Madison, and they were uh, uh, then uh, he was married at the time. Of course, he was. But his marriage was in trouble, Brandy. He was married to an alcoholic actress named Gil Russell. <laughs> You're gonna have to be. There's a lot of fucking drama. Yeah, I mean, seriously. They were all married to alcoholic actresses. <laughs> um, he quickly fell under Barbara's irresistible spell. <laughs> her, her titties hypnotized him. And began joining her after work for late night dates in her new apartment Where? that was paid by Tone. I was going to say, where's Tone? <laughs> Tone Loke is not going to be happy about that. Yeah, he's, Tone Loke had to use fucking Cole Medina. <laughs> yeah, he did. Love his heart. <laughs> Gonna be fucked over. You know, fu- uh, uh, Funky, what's the other song he did? Oh, Jesus, I don't remember. Wild Thing. Yeah. It's the same fucking song. Okay. <laughs> funky Cold Medina. Wild Thing is the same fucking song. Yeah. 
You didn't. You're not the first one to put that together. I'm just Believe saying. me. Anyway. All right. So she's fucking the caterer. No, she's fucking Guy Madison, Boy, who's yeah. married to. I'll, yeah. I'll doesn't like matter, doesn't yeah. matter what her name is. Could be any of them. <laughs> It didn't take long for Tone to learn about all this. Well, I bet he wasn't happy. His fiance's cheating ways. Well. And one night while spying <laughs> one night by while spying spying on her, he allegedly caught Pey- uh, Barbara Peyton in bed with Madison, Guy Madison. He caught him in bed together, Brandy. Well, can anybody have any privacy around here? <laughs> You know, you know when she's fucking a, around on you minute. when she's at work. Yeah, were they in an open field? I mean, did he have to sneak up on them in camo? I don't understand. And and let me tell you what else I don't understand. Yeah. What? Why all of a sudden is this guy going to think? Oh, she'll never cheat on me just because she's <laughs> fucked every guy in Hollywood. I'm the See, exception. I, I don't she want. Loves me that I much. don't want Bob Hope's. Sloppy seconds. Boy, no. Lon Chaney, sloppy seconds. No, or Tom Lon- Bosley's. <laughs> Lon Chaney was about 80 years old when she was banging in. Well. All right. Anyway, this is ridiculous. I bet she fucked Hugh Hefner. Oh, I bet she did. The story spread rapidly, Brandy, through Hollywood, and yeah. it was exposed to the public in a steamy article in the magazine Confidential. Oh, It was the yeah. National Enquirer of its day. Yes, it was. So word is on the street that is, she that, that she is, is the word. that uh, even though she's engaged, Barbara is engaged to Tone, the older debonair man. Yeah, uh, Joan Crawford's ex wife. Stupid name. <laughs> Joan Crawford's ex wife. Husband. Yeah. yeah, that she's banging Guy Madison. Now, can you? But yeah, but can you imagine like having? Joan Crawford's ex-wife, like ex-husband, ex-husband, right? See what you did there. Joan Crawford is his is his ex-wife. Yes, yeah. correct. Okay, so I had it correct the first time. That means so if they had like adopted kids together, and I mean that means that bitch is in your life forever. <laughs> I mean that's something to consider. Yeah. That's a deal breaker. Yeah. I you know I watched Feud and it was a bad <laughs> scene. It was ugly. So anyway, word got out on the street. Hits now. It she's hits a whore. Com- <laughs> How did that not get out before? <laughs> confidential magazine. She's well, it's not really confidential anymore. Well, she's Why do the they call it guy. confidential magazine when they're <laughs> they're spreading all this gossip about I people? I don't know, but you know, she's fucking the guy that brings her her script every morning. So, despite Brandy her oh. embarrassing indiscretions, <laughs> Barbara and Tone remained engaged. Aw. Uh, but she's got the hypnotic boobies. But, but Brandy. Well, but yeah. Warner Brothers Studios were not amused. No, they were not pleased with Barbara's antics. They will drop her like a hot rock. And they punished her by drop tossing her to what it was called Poverty Row, which is where they made their low budget movies. So, so you're a whore now. You got to make Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. <laughs> exactly. That's what you get, girls and boys. But Brandy, she landed on a role, believe it or not, in the now famous cult film Bride of the Gorilla. <laughs> Do you remember her in that? Did she fuck the gorilla? <laughs> the picture goes to <laughs> You're gonna love this. Okay. <laughs> the film co starring Raymond Burr. <laughs> yes. Ironsides, yeah. <laughs> and uh, what was the, the attorney he played? Um, he played Ironsides. Yeah, but he also played the uh, Perry Mason. Perry Mason, yeah. 
So, picture uh, <laughs> Stoke Coast Hang Rainbow Burr and an alcoholic wrecked Lon Chaney. <laughs> so, so, I mean, so this clearly, first of all, that's how it was described in the research an alcoholic wrecked Lon Chaney. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing. First of all, instantly, instant classic. <laughs> first of all, instant classic. Second of all, because it's clear she's going to fuck both of them at some point. And Lon Chaney's like 90. Who do you pick first? Who do you pick first? It was a typical low-budget film. It was a typical, I didn't know they were, but it was a typical low-budget jungle melodrama. Oh, yeah, those. Those are, yeah, those are a dime a dozen. Jesus. Uh, but uh, Barbara's appearance, and it proved memorable, Brandy. Did she flash her boobies <laughs> and hypnotize the audience? Or was she, First seen as dancing alone under a slow-moving ceiling fan. <laughs> Picture it. <laughs> Sicily, 1920. Yeah, I got it. Uh, her hourglass figure encased in a tight sarong, Brandy. She looked stunning. Well, clearly she always looked stunning. During the making of The Bride of the Gorilla, rumors bounced around town. What? what? <laughs> rumors. What rumor? what rumor was that? <laughs> that Barbara was carrying on more sleazy dressing room encounters with Raymond Burr and Jamie. <laughs> And you know what's fucked up? That's a B movie. You know that I don't have doors on those dressing rooms. Son what is the, what is I mean, uh, Raymond Burr might have been on his way up, but Lon Chaney, he must have been at the end of you his. You never <laughs> know. You never know. And you know what the thing is? If she screws him, he might leave her something in his will. She also, during the making of this movie, not only had affairs with uh, uh, who, who say, Raymond Burr and Lon, Lon Chaney, Chaney right. but also with supporting actors, an aging alcoholic named Tom Conaway, sure, and an, uh, and an ex-actor slash ex-Los Angeles Ram football player named Woody Strode. Of course it was. <laughs> now let me tell you something else. Those B films only film over like two weeks. I mean, there's a lot of not, there's not a lot into them. Well, she's banged, banged she, Raymond Burr, Lon Chaney, and these two guys. How does she even up. walk upright? I don't get it. In July 1951, Brandy. All right. Francho Tone, her fiance. Is it Franchone or Francois? It's F R A N C H O T. I don't know how you pronounce that. Might French. be Francois. All right. And maybe it's Francois. I thought that was with like OISC. I, I don't know. know. I don't know. But anyway, Tone. We'll call him Tone. Tone Lope. He was in New York City on business. And Barbara was attending a Hollywood pool party. Of course she was. At the Sunset Plaza Hotel and met a young man by the name of Tom Neal, a hard drinking, unemployed cowboy actor. Oh, yeah. He's the winner. He's the one you pick up. That's the <laughs> one right there. Ah. <sighs> Legend has it, Brandy. Is it fucking legend? <laughs> that Barbara spotted the 37-year-old Neil. Well, God damn, he's kind of late in his career to be an aspiring actor, isn't he? You never know. And he only played in westerns. And, I, you know, isn't that kind of limiting? You only playing in westerns? I don't fucking know. It would be, it would be today. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, she spotted the 37-year-old um, Tom Neal. And let me guess. Her clothes fell off. <laughs> On a high diving board, 
sporting an impressively muscle build and a tight pair of bathing briefs. Brandy? So he had a big dick and she <laughs> fell for it. That's and later saying. uttered a statement to the press that, quote, it was love at first sight. He looked so wonderful in his trunks, unquote. That's what it is. Save a horse, ride a cowboy. I knew he That's was the only man in my life. So. She knew it Wait, before she met him. <laughs> yes. She saw him standing up there like a frat boy in some trunks holding a beer going, hey, guys, watch this. While her fiancé is in New York City. While her fiancé, hey, guys, watch this. I, I don't think that and whole engagement thing one. was a deal breaker for her. Well, clearly. Anyway. But he's the one. Um, she evidently met her new male counterpart that day, and the couple dove headfirst into a lurid affair. All the while not breaking off her engagement to this tone guy. Nope. No less than two half dozen, a new less than half a dozen engagements to both Tone and Neil. So she was married, she was engaged to both of them. They kept breaking off. She kept going back to one or the other in a matter of weeks. Uh, so the next few weeks, she broke it off with Tone. She went, went got engaged to Neil, broke it off with Neil, went back to Tone. So she's ping-ponging here. Well, you got to go where the money is, and it's clearly not with Cowboy Fred. <laughs> Driven by too much booze and an active libido, Brandy, Barbara devoted more and more of her time and energy into pitting her boyfriends against each other. Well, yeah, that's You just, go with the dude with the money, fun. right? I would think so. Hmm. Huh. So anyway, she announced plans to marry Tom Neal in Las Vegas on September 14, 1951. But on the eve of their wedding, Brandy, she dumped him in the af- with, uh, for an afternoon. she met a bartender. <laughs> she dumped him for an afternoon in bed with Tone at the Beverly Hills Hotel. So she's going back. She can't make up her mind. Indecisive. God. Upon their return to Barbara's apartment after a night of bar hopping, the triangle finally exploded, Brandy, Uh-oh. when an enraged Neil, Tom Neal, assaulted Tone on Barbara's patio, leaving the older actor comatose for 18 hours. Comatose? Mm-hmm. What? For, comatose. Comatose? Comatose. I say, for, what, what's comatose? <laughs> that's when you put a little comma, and then you fall asleep. This. Uh, uh, anyway... He had a coma. He was in a coma for 18 hours and was hospitalized with severe head injuries. So, you know, this young guy is beating up his whole man, basically. Right. During the melee, Brandy. Oh, uh, during the melee that made international headlines, Barbara sustained a black eye. Oh, no. (laughs) Poor Barbara. Probably from one of her boobs bouncing up and hitting her in the face. Well, you know, I, you know, she shouldn't have got a black eye. That we don't, we don't condone that. I didn't say I condoned it. I didn't <laughs> say she deserved it. Well, well, she might have been trying to break it out. Who knows? Who knows? You know, things happen. Ugh. Heat of the moment. A series of bizarre news stories followed Brandy, detailing everything from Peyton, uh, Barbara Peyton's climbing the hospital outside fire escape to visit her battered boyfriend, and bringing him shakers of ice cold martinis to quote. Help solve, help soothe his nerves. Unquote. She's fucking him in the hospital. <laughs> She's Spider Manning upside the side of the goddamn building to fuck her well, husband, to fuck this guy in the yeah. hospital. In the conservative 1950s America social, social culture climate, uh, Brandy, 
uh, which was in uh, was engendered by the McCarthy era, and you know, meet, leave it to Beaver and all that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Barbara Payton's freewheeling lifestyle shocked America's sensibilities. So. I'm shocked now. <laughs> the 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 press responded by crucifying her. So she's getting a lot of bad press. I caught that. Soon after uh, this, this fight took place, an angry Warner Brothers president, Jack L. Warner, we have to do a podcast on him sometime. That guy lived an interesting He's life. He's a dick. He invoked a moral call. You remember how they used to have those moral yes. clauses? I think I the teachers, some of them, we talked about that before, yeah. right, with teachers, right? But anyway, they had a moral clause, and uh, he invoked the moral clause and um, voided Barbara Payton's contract and dropped her from the studio's roster. So, like now, this yeah, was the time. Yeah, it was the tipping point, I guess. Because I think Tone had like a lot of strings. He could pull out strings, whatever. But she finally decided to honor her engagement to, to Mr. Tone. Payton, uh, Barbara Payton and Tone, who was still recovering from his injuries, were married on September 28, 1951, in Barbara's hometown of Cloet, Minnesota. So, they go home, they have a wedding. What happens next, Brandy? I'm on the edge of my seat. Are you? Yes. Well, surprisingly, after being married a short time, Tone discovered that Babs had continued her relations with Cowboy Neil. Yeah, she liked that cowboy dick. Oh, uh, a highly publicized breakup occurred several weeks after the couple had been married. Uh, the final, I want to say this means he wanted to put straw, uh -huh. occurred at the Warwick Hotel in New York City, uh, and it ended disastrously following a fiery argument in which Tone reportedly discovered Babs talking to Neil on the telephone. She can't give up the cowboy dick. And responded by throwing Peyton's jewelry box out the 15th floor oh, window of their hotel suite. You know he didn't. You don't piss off. You piss off when you throw her jewelry box out the window. But you know who was happy? Who? <laughs> the people on the fucking ground. <laughs> the high-pitched drama continued. Unless they got hit in the headlight. Still. Uh, the high-pitched drama continued with Peyton swinging the phone at her husband's head, nearly hitting him, and then locking herself in the bedroom where she swallowed a handful of, was it Secondol? Secondol, Secondol, yeah. Man, she's full of drama, wouldn't you say? Oh, God. Her bungled attempt at suicide was resolved in an extremely messy fashion with an uh, emek. M-E-M-E-T-I-C? I guess. Go ahead. Continue. I don't know what Administered I was by the hotel doctor. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was the... They pump her stomach? Yeah, kind of, okay. yeah. Whew. Tone had finally had enough. Jesus, God. <laughs> no more. Yeah. Fuck this. this. this I'm out of here. This is it. <laughs> Whatever. He divorced Peyton in July. This is a motherfucker who was married to Joan Crawford now. Right. <laughs> yeah. He could put up with married, some shit. Married to her longer. <laughs> Yeah, this was not a man who was used to having a quiet life. Uh, he divorced Peyton in July of 1952. He must like drama in his life. Using some sensational photographs taken by a Hollywood private detective to prove his allegations of infidelity. The photos shot through the tra transom of a Sunset Strip motel room showed Peyton naked but for mm. a black garter belt and mm. beads Mm, engaging hot. in oral sex with Neil. Oh, she was giving him a blowy. Thank you for those of for those of our listeners that didn't catch that. Well, you know, we have eyebrow listeners, but we got some people you got to kind of break it down. Mm. She's sucking dick, basically, what we're saying here. Jesus. 
Incensed cowboy and, dick. Cowboy dick. Mm-hmm. Incensed and vengeful over this latest betrayal, Tone made dozens of duplicates of the shots and then distributed them around Hollywood in sealed unmarked envelopes, hoping the sexually explicit images would destroy Babs's chance of any future film work. Yeah, she's never going to get another job on. You know, she's not going to get hired for Bride of the Gorilla too. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Return of the Bride of the Gorilla. The Tone Peyton divorce trial found Peyton once again being paid. That sounds off. like a bestiality. Oh, film. I know. Uh, she was once again being paid off to disappear, much like What's she was. What's your thoughts on Bob bestiality? I'm, I'm pretty much against it. Are <laughs> you? Right. No, all actually, times? at all times, it's a hard no. Okay. It's a hard no. Okay. I don't, and I don't understand furries either, for the record. Yeah, me neither. I don't get it. Because it's just hot in those costumes. Yeah. Good God. And then if you accidentally get some, you know, if you accidentally blow your load on in one of those costumes, well, you, can't, bitch you, to clean. you can't get it out. Dry cleaning ain't going to help. Well, dry cleaning might help. My thing is, what if you get some fur pushed up in your yeah. vagina? Yeah. Uh, let's see. She Man, reportedly it's, it's received. Well. Uh, she reportedly received a cash consideration that was satisfactory in the settlement. All right, so and he bought her off. Yes, and yeah. subsequently moved into a beautiful 15-room mansion with servants in Beverly Hills. That's a good deal. During that, She was time, only married a couple of weeks, I think, to Tone. Yes. During that time, the couple capitalized on the notorious press coverage by touring in plays such as The Postman Always Rings Twice based on the popular 1946 film of the same name. Yeah, so she's she she can't get in movies now, so she's trying to make an she's using her infamy with her wow. boyfriend to try to get work. They would also star together in the Great Jesse James Raid, a B movie western. Well, who hasn't seen that? <laughs> that received a limited release to theaters in nineteen fifty three. In May of nineteen fifty three, Peyton announced that she and Neil were to be married that summer in Paris. She marrying She's marrying a guy, the cowboy. She's getting the cowboy dick for right. for good. The couple canceled their engagement and broke up the following year. That's a clutch the pearls moment. I can't <laughs> believe that she would break and up. And they said her. it would never last. I know. They were right. Uh, let's see. In the wake of her well-publicized split with Neil, Peyton hit the town fast and hard. Mm. I bet she did. <laughs> During this time, she dyed the front half of her platinum blonde hair a flaming red drew bizarre-looking tattoos on her face, and became a nightly barstool fixture. Uh-huh. At, such top local spo- at such top local spots, she seldom went home alone. Her name was Lola. Evidently. She was a showgirl. Yeah, it was 30 years ago. When they used to have a show. Right. But now it's a disco. I know, but not for Lola. Uh-huh. With her film career over, the quality of men she attracted became less suitable. <laughs> really? She went from having affairs... With the biggest names in Hollywood to dating small-time gangsters. All right, so she's in the downside of her yes. career now. Yeah, we're in, we're in the back of that bell curve. <laughs> yeah. Babs' name once again made outrageous front-page headlines in May of 1954 when it was alleged that she gave two of her fur coats, valued at over twelve grand, to the owner of a downtown Los Angeles tavern in exchange for the dismissal of a $200 bar tab she owned. Well, that seems fair. Well, yeah, she is not a very good negotiator. <laughs> Barbara was falling on hard times. Aww. She lost her Beverly Hills mansion under a mountain of unpaid bills and taxes. She was arrested in a, that October of 1955 for passing bad checks at Hollywood's Liquor Locker. 
in order to buy booze. Yeah. <laughs> she was a regular, I bet. At the liquor locker. <laughs> News, uh, let's see. Oh, here we go. Oh, Newspapers reported that a messy and double-chinned Peyton <laughs> was at least 40 pounds overweight and wearing skin-tight black Torador pants and a bulging blouse when she was ca- carted off to the police station to be booked. So she was a 10-pound ham in a 5-pound sack. <laughs> That's what she was. She was uh, She was uh, like she was at going to Walmart, dressed like she's going to Walmart. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Once there, she mugged for news photographers, laughing and kidding around as if the arrest were a huge joke to her. All right. So she's not – She's not. It, the reality of her situation is not, you know, well, not hit her yet. She's kind of drunk. Yeah. Uh, she appeared drugged at her trial and snickered when she was fined $100 and given a 60-day suspended jail sentence for pleading indigence. Yeah, so she had no money. She just laughed when they fined her because she knew she wasn't going to have anything to pay. On March 6, 1956, Babs lost custody of her beloved son to her ex-husband, John Payton. When was the fuck did she have custody? <laughs> That's a fucking clutch part of the goddamn story. When the hell did she have custody? I thought when he was first. I thought John had him the whole goddamn well, time. Well, I think she officially, you know, he officially got custody of him. Okay. And she didn't know, have much of a relationship with him. Well, and he wasn't that beloved because she <laughs> fucking ditched him for Raymond Burr Pecker. She got some. She was getting some Lon Chaney penis and ditched her kid. Tom Bosley. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, just when it appeared her career and life was over, Babs rallied in 1958. All right, Babs. She stopped drinking, lost weight, and at 31, Christ almighty, she was only 31, was looking as glamorous as ever. All right, she's Barbara hot. Barbara Payton was planning a fairy tale Hollywood comeback. Good for her. Hollywood, however, was giving her the big finger. <laughs> nah, baby, nah. Unable to find, well, because, you know, people got to keep it in their pants. <laughs> Unable to find work and with her pride shattered, Aww. she took a series of low-paying jobs, working as a cocktail waitress in a, small cafe. In a hotel bar, <laughs> uh, in a seedy strip joint. Not even a hotel bar. <laughs> She's in a seedy strip joint. I would love to own a seedy strip joint. Then, as a shampoo girl in a West Hollywood beauty shop, even pumping gas for a while on Hollywood Boulevard. Aww. Frustrated that she'd been barred from making the comeback she'd hoped for, Peyton quickly upped her alcohol intake because that'll make it better, <laughs> gained back the weight she'd lost, and watched her beauty disappear. There you go. This time for good. By 1960, the 32-year-old Peyton found herself hopelessly adrift uh-huh. in an after-midnight world of... What the fuck? That <laughs> was a little dramatic. In though. an after-midnight world of seedy dives and backstreet bars. <laughs> That's all right. Living, wait a minute. Oh, I'm not done painting this shit. Living in filthy, flea-bitten motel rooms <laughs> overlooking asphalt courtyards in downtown L.A. Concrete jungle. With her platinum blonde hair bleached whiter and her lips and fingernails painted the color of blood crimson. A bloated Peyton was often seen driving up and down the strip in her rusted red convertible cruising for dates. And that would be in air quotes, ladies and gentlemen. The so did I paint a picture there or what? Oh, that was quite the picture. The woman who once I don't get enough credit for my writing. You're, you're goddamn Bob Ross. I told you that. The I woman, think no Shakespeare. Well, not, you're, no Charles, Tom, you're no Tom Bosley. <laughs> Charles Dickens. <laughs> no. The woman who once earned $10,000 a week as a bona fide Hollywood movie star couldn't keep her legs closed 
was still in Hollywood dispensing crude curbside sex. Uh oh. Her asking price fell from a hundred dollars to fifty dollars and finally to five dollars a trick in cars parked with their motors running. Uh, yeah, so she was like giving, you know, drive in head. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. On February 7th, 1962, Peyton was busted for prostitution when she approached an undercover cop at a bar on Sunset Boulevard and invited him to her apartment for sex. Yeah, never never, never pick up a cop if you're a whore, prostitute, well, those sex are, worker. Those are words to live by. Yeah. Thank you. Reporters from the L.A. Times were waiting to photograph her arrival at the police station, and the rather startling images they caught that night show a life completely out of control. Uh-huh. Clad in a secondhand mink coat, and with her sad doe eyes resembling those of a hunted animal that had been cornered, Peyton appears drawn, distraught, and spaced out. She's only 34, and she resurfaced in the headlines that summer with her complaint that she'd been beaten and raped in a vacant lot by a gang of teenage thugs. It goes from bad to worse for her, Brandy. Accompanied by her witness, a middle-aged man in a bolo tie. And Brandy, have you, have you ever dated a man with a bolo tie? I No. No, would I, you no date, I have not. Would, have you now, or would you ever date a man with a bolo tie? I uh, know. I can't. I can't see. I mean, if if let's just say, you know, Brad Pitt or whoever wants to put on a bolo tie. Yeah. Well, that's that's different than you know. Okay. So Tom it, Bosley in a bolo tie. <laughs> <coughs> All right. What happens next? So let's see. Uh, she was, she had this middle-aged guy with her in a bolo tie, whom the police report described as a diaper distributor and companion of the victim. A heavyset Peyton arrived at the Windsor Hills Police Station, reeking of booze and wearing only a bathing suit, a sweater, and a pair of gold slippers. All right. She reportedly, she was reportedly covered with bruises and human bite marks and was missing several front teeth. Oh, so she really did get a... She get assaulted. Something happened. Yeah. That's awful. Yeah. Uh, no arrests were ever made in the attack. The newspapers would only call it a mystery beating. That's nice. That's sensitive. Yeah. The next day, her name made the papers again when she was found passed out on a bus stop bench on the Sunset Boulevard. Uh, she went from she went from Sunset Boulevard to Skid Row, Brandy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Barefoot and in the same white bathing suit. She was, according to news accounts, incoherent and in an agitated state when awakened. Well, because who I, the I, fuck I, wants to be woke up? <laughs> right, if you're sleeping on a park bench, I'm someone wakes up. Yeah, fuck alone. Exactly. Uh, she was be arrested. agitated myself. Yeah, she was arrested for public drunkenness. Incredibly, another arrest followed a week later when she threw a wild afternoon party in her apartment. Yeah. Apartment <laughs> tent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, while naked. Oh. <laughs> And tussled with two police officers when they showed up to investigate. Well, she was charged with drunken disorderly conduct and was later released on twenty-one dollars bail. Things are not going well now for the very young and vivacious Barbara no, Payton. They are not. In it's keeping, a, it's a cautionary tale, Brandy. Yeah, in keeping with her ongoing flirtation and catastrophe, things got even worse in the fall of 1962. When Peyton was knifed by one of her Johns and received, Ugh. good Lord, 38 stitches for the stab wound. Yeah, she's living a rough life now. Her new home was the shabby Wilcox Hotel, a monument to ruined lives, an area of town described the seediest spot in the universe. Mm. A foreboding and desolate block of burned out and boarded up buildings, it is the same, sk- it is the same Skid Row section of Hollywood. 
Sunset Strip to Skid Row. Yes, it's amazing. Uh, you like Peyton, my descriptive uh, my I description do. of her ho- her living conditions? I do. Thank you. Peyton continued her journey through a kind of twilight world that would uh, that with each passing day grew ever darker and more surreal. Mm. Finding herself firmly entrenched in a boneyard of boulevard psychos and derelicts. <laughs> Sounds like your dating pool. <laughs> Uh, Barbara watched an endless stream of bodies cut a path to her bed in a gray faceless parade. Yeah, gray faceless parade. Now a human receptacle for the worst kind of sexual acts imaginable. She handled it by drinking nonstop until she was nearly comatose. The nightmare continued when she was picked up for shoplifting an outfit from a clothing store because she didn't, you know, the bathing suit needed washed. uh, And arrested again for prostitution. Then, in 1965, 38-year-old Peyton turned a dark corner in her ever-present downward <laughs> so spiral when she was jailed on drug charges. Just now she's turning that dark corner. Well, clad only in, men's pa- in a man's pajama top, she was seen stumbling down a hallway at the Hollywood Palms Motel and was later busted by an LAPD sheriff's detective when he found drug paraphernalia in her room. Uh. Swearing profusely and appearing totally out of it, well, that's how I want to go. Peyton was charged with possession of heroin mm. and a hypodermic syringe. Yeah. she's She's got the monkey on her back now, Brandy. Well, despite the effects of homelessness, drugs, and alcohol, Barbara still dreamed of a comeback. Perhaps I think she could land right. a spot in a commercial that would lead to bigger and better roles. Yeah, that's reasonable thinking. Uh, when Peyton was found unconscious in the parking lot of Thrifty's Drugstore in <laughs> February of 1967. <laughs> that's not really taking the right step. Yeah, that's not it. That's not a step forward anyway. No. She'd been living on the streets for several months, languishing uh-huh. in the wreckage of her destroyed life. Uh-huh. After it was determined by the LAPD that there had been no foul play involved in the incident and that Peyton's bloody face and bruises had resulted from her hitting the pavement beneath the garbage dumpster after an all-night bout of drinking, she was admitted as an indigent to the charity ward at L.A. County General Hospital. Filthy and with her stomach badly distended from her failing liver, she was diagnosed as suffering from chronic alcoholic psychosis, malnutrition, and overexposure to the elephants. Elephants? Elephants? Well, you know, you can can be overexposed to elephants. Well, yeah, they get pissy. Yeah. She probably tried to sleep with one of them. <laughs> uh, following her hospitalization, Peyton was taken by, a ca- taken by a county social worker to a parent's home in beautiful the beautiful Mission Hills section of San Diego. Yeah, because I know this is going to be a good experience, going home to her parents who are drunk by noon. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> Flip and Mabel had long battled their own problems with alcohol abuse and thus felt helpless against the sheer magnitude of their daughter's rapidly deteriorating condition. Uh As a result, upon her arrival at their home, Peyton's self-destruction continued unabated. Unabated. Helping along... Wait a minute. Oh. Helping along by her... Helped along by her parents' willingness to get drunk with her. (laughs) Well, the family that drinks together. Drinking alone is never good. No. Uh, Although, what's his name, drinks alone? Um, you know, I drink alone. George Thurgood? Yes. Nah, he drinks sorry. alone. Him and Jack uh, Daniels. Yeah. I like um, that song. Let's see. While her parents' dubious care, and with no restraints in place, her drinking soon accelerated to the point where she was drunk from morning to night. Oh, sad, sad, sad. On May 8th, 1967, according to the By the San way, Diego one day before my birthday and two days before yours. That's correct. Yes. 
Okay. May 8, 1967. I'm sorry. Yes. Continue, According to the San Diego coroner's report. Oh, if the coroner's report. You're going to you know. have to let me finish. <laughs> All right, this. continue. Barbara, That's a giveaway. Yeah. Barbara had been sleeping on the living room couch for several hours when she awoke at 1.50 p.m. and complained to her parents she wasn't feeling well. Sensing that there was something terribly wrong going on inside her body, she staggered to the bathroom and was soon heard moaning in absolute agony. Her mother found her slumped over the toilet. Mm-hmm. By the time the ambulance and the San Diego police arrived at the Redfields' home, Peyton's long journey had ended violently with her painful death from heart and liver failure. She was just 39 years old. Although she died six months shy of her 40th birthday, one officer noted that in death, Barbara Peyton looked like a woman 20 years older than her reported age. Her 20-year-old son, John, whom Peyton had seen infrequently over the years, was serving in the Vietnam War at the time of his mother's death. Uh Her death was tactfully reported in her back page obituary that she had died from natural causes. Wow. A a cautionary tale, Brandy. Let this be a cautionary tale for our listeners. Do not sleep with Bob Hope and Raymond Burr or Bon Chaney. Yeah. Because it's not going to be happening. That's where her life took a left. Yes. What's your final thoughts, Brandy, on... Broken Dreams, the story, the death of Barbara Payton. I feel like had she just picked up a new hobby, <laughs> this could have been a totally different story for her. Yeah, it's kind of a sad ending, don't you think? It's, it's a sad ending, but come on. How many times do you get busted for fucking everything on the set before you say, you know what, maybe I need to buy a vibrator? Well, yeah. who, who are we to judge, really? Oh, I can tell you who I am to judge. <laughs> I would like to, uh, before we go, I would like to give a shout-out to a good guy. He's been listening to us a long time. Hi, Ro. He is in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. I had a chat with him last night. He's a long-time listener uh, to our show. caller? No, well, he, he posts some on the page, but he's a good guy. We gave him a shout-out before, but we screwed up his name. Can you believe that? I cannot. Uh, but hi, Ro. Thank you for listening. Hi, Ro's a good guy. He's, got the, he's been married three years, a lovely wife from Sonora, Mexico. So we talked a little bit about... Uh, you know, having relationships with Latinas because of, of course, lovely Clara is a Latina. So he's a good guy. And thank you, High Road. Thank you for listening. But uh, we'll give him a shout out when uh, Chuck is back because he wants a shout out from the Colonel. So I'm just doing this. Whatever. I know. Whatever. I know. Uh, Brandy, where can people find us? They can find us on the iTunes. Yes. You can find us on iTunes. Please leave us a review if you would. That helps people find us. You can find us on Facebook. We have two Facebook pages, one called History Dweebs, where we post uh, some history-related information. And then uh, our very, very entertaining and uh, wacky, wacky uh, group where, Brandy, I think you all you can always find shenanigans going on. And that's our Facebook group, History Dweebs, the podcast. Please join us. A bunch of lovely people there, and there are too many to name. And when Chuck gets back, we'll get back to uh, a shout-out list. But we just want to say... Uh, to all of our folks on our Facebook group that we love you, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing many of you at the meetup in October here in Cincinnati, second weekend of October. Uh, You can also find us on Twitter at HistoryDweebs1. You can follow Brandy at Brandy Vinay. That's Brandy, V-E-N-N-A. And you can follow the Colonel on Twitter at HawkWaters, or at HawkWaters. Uh, any other final words, Brandy? Um, I just want to say that I just saw a post from Chuck that the GoFundMe uh, page hit its goal. Yes, and this is the GoFundMe page. For those of you who don't know, Chuck uh, unfortunately lost his sister, 
and um, her family, her kids, uh, uh, our thoughts with them. They uh, lost their mother, of course. Uh, his sister did not have life insurance, unfortunately, and did not have was not a woman that had a lot of you know money. Very sweet lady, uh, and so there they posted a GoFundMe page to help with the incredible expense. It's so expensive. Yep, and they they hit their goal. Wonderful. So thank all of you for supporting that. Um, we really really appreciate it. It's very kind of you, because uh, a lot of a lot of their donations come from our, members, from, from our, our members, our members, our listeners. So thank you all very very much. Yep. All right, let's wrap this up. Uh, thank you for joining us, and uh, we'll see you next time on History Dweebs. Love you, Mom. Bye-bye. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.